Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to show number 349 from Engage for Success. I'm today's host. I'm Joe Moffitt, uh, founder and managing director of Woodread. We are a creative agency that helps organizations use their brands as the catalysts to drive engagement among their people, creating great places to work and high performing cultures. Um, and today we are going to be talking about uh, purpose. Uh, most specifically, um, our show is entitled, What Can We Learn from Leaders and Losers? And to help us explore that topic, I'm very pleased to welcome back to the show, um, Christine Crofts. Christine was with us um, on the show, oh, I would think probably about seven or eight, nine months or so ago. Oh, yeah, um, probably so- nearly a year. <laughs> Is it nearly a year, Christine? Blimey, yeah, I think so. Fly when you're having fun. Um, so welcome back to the show, Christine. Nice to have you with us. We obviously didn't, glad we didn't frighten you off too much the first time round. <laughs> no, thank you very much for having me. Always a pleasure. Uh, it's a Oh, it's good to have you. So, so um, previous listeners will will know who who Chris is, um, but she's had a a, a a career on on what I would describe as the the client side of the fence for many years, having led internal communication and employee engagement at, at major PLCs like HSBC, Aviva, and more latterly, uh, the drinks company Diageo. Um, and then just before you. Um, Chris joined us um, uh, for the show the first time um, she'd struck out on her own and uh, and now runs her own company called Kinetic Internal Communications Limited and I know um, it talked about uh, the first time Chris joined us was, was purpose um, and I think that's something that has absolutely um, risen if it wasn't already very important it's you know certainly risen to the to the fore um, in the last sort of three or four months uh, with everything that's going on so um, welcome back Chris certainly and um, I wonder if we could perhaps just kick off um, I, I've given us a, a bit of a potted overview of you but um, just just tell us a little bit about why uh, why purpose is so important now, Chris? And perhaps as you do that, just just give us a little bit of a flavour for for you as a, a professional that I maybe missed out. Sure. No, thank you very much for having me back again. Uh, talking about my favourite subject, um, <laughs> and it, it is my favourite subject because I, I genuinely feel like the field of internal comms and employee engagement um, is 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 developing and growing so much in the space of culture and culture change and, and culture within organizations to improve employee performance, to improve employee engagement. Um, and I think I, I was lucky enough to, to witness that whilst I was in house um, and, you know, get involved in some fairly major culture transformation programs and, um, you know, engaging people with, new purpose statements and values Mm -hmm. but never really Mm -hmm. feeling like you'd really uh, embedded them or got it to a a place where you know it really felt like the organization was the living breathing embodiment of of those things they always felt a little bit aspirational Mm -hmm. Um, but but that was the best bit I loved about my job so I always felt like I gravitated towards those items of work so when I struck out on my own as you so nicely put it um, I was so excited to be able to focus on where my passion was 
Um, mm. And as I tell my, my daughters all the time, if you love the work you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Um, and I'm yes. desperately trying to work by that motto. <laughs> And, and, and um, can so, I, I have to interrupt you and ask you, how are you enjoying the role of homeschooling then? Okay, so that is that is taxing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm definitely not cut out to be a teacher. Uh, my patience is not quite where it's, you know, required to be. I also get a bit carried away in some of the subjects I enjoy, like art, and end up kind of, no, 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 you don't do it like that. Do it like this. Someone gets a passport <laughs> out and we'll get a bit carried away. So you don't you don't feel that you've discovered a new vocation that you you wish you'd pursued? Then your heart is very oh God, definitely no. in the in the in the engagement internal comms and, and purpose and culture space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so tell me why why do you think um, purpose is so important generally, and and then and then perhaps bring it us right bang up to date in terms of why. Why is it just so crucial at the moment in terms of us being in the midst of this COVID-19 crisis? Well, I think people's expectations of organisations have been changing for years now. And, and talk of purpose has been, um, you know, again, happening at boardrooms, at Davos, in, in companies up and down, but all over the world for, for, for many years um, mm. And it's because people's expectations of companies doing more than just making money um, mm -hmm. is, is absolutely rife now. And this sense of, you know, a lot of the problems in the world could be fixed a lot faster if all these large companies put, put some effort behind it and got involved in the communities that they work in and, you know, the, the things their customers really care about. Um, mm. And I think... People are generally becoming much more aware of, uh, you know, social issues. I mean, the speed at which an issue can erupt and spread across the world and bring everybody out up in arms to a cause, yeah. you know, that's, it's unprecedented, as it, you know, it wouldn't have been able yeah. to happen 10 years ago, but now, now it can. And how companies respond to that and engage with that um, has has a big influence on how people feel about them as an organization and they wish to be you know consumers wish to be associated with organizations that have similar values um, you know they, they want to do business with people they think are doing the right thing so that's that's kind of how it's always I, I think not always been that's how it's it's developed over the last sort of 10 years I think hmm. we've what's happened in in this crisis uh, of COVID-19 and it is a crisis is just how you would expect you know with a person an individual going through a crisis it's the ultimate test of your character and mm. and I think this has been if you think of a company's character as being their kind of purpose their values the code by which they live this is mm. presented this has presented probably the biggest test that they may have mm. had in order to, sh to really show up against what they say, believe in, and and what they mm. think their purpose is. So it's, it's yeah, it's not just an ultimate test of their character, but it's also a, a the ultimate demonstration of that character, isn't it? You know, there, there's really been no hiding place in in lots of ways. And um, you, you the, the title of our show is what can we learn from leaders and losers? And 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 some people have have risen to this very well, haven't they? And and, and other organisations have have perhaps veered away from their purpose or perhaps their purpose was was, was um, 
grounded in in sand and um you know it was just puff um and there wasn't, there wasn't anything really underpinning it um and uh, so that ability to actually test your character and prove it to the watching world um as you say in in an environment where social media just amplifies every positive and every negative doesn't it Absolutely. That's the joy and the that's the joy and the terror of social media, isn't it? Really, it is. Yeah. Um, And and anybody who's kind of trying to wing it, blag their way through it, you're going to get found out. You know, Mm. Um, you've got employees on social media talking about their employers. Uh, You know, they're living and breathing it every day. So if you're not really being genuine or authentic and you're just kind of going out there and saying, well, our purpose is this and therefore we're doing that, it's going to jar a lot with your employees. You know, they're not daft. Um, So I think that the people who are genuine, who are kind of like, well, this is the right thing to do for us. You know, we've always taken a stand on big issues Mm. to do with X. And and so now we're going to go even bigger and even bolder mm. because it's the right thing to do and and employees respect that and they you know amplify it both internally mm. and externally but if 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 it's not genuine then again that that amplified is cynicism that's amplified not that loyalty and pride yes yes i mean it's i think it's been very interesting hasn't it to observe um organizations that have um I mean, I'm thinking if I'm thinking here of maybe some of the major food retailers um, at the beginning, supermarket groups, the, the, the supermarket groups, the logistics companies, organisations involved with supporting and keeping key workers and the emergency services functioning. All of those, all of those organisations have have found a, a, if they hadn't got it already, they absolutely galvanised behind the purpose which was, you know, if we take the supermarket groups, it was keeping the country fed. Um, you know, they suddenly had an incredibly important purpose, didn't they? And the logistics companies had an incredibly important purpose to keep the food, the supply chains going for us all so that the shelves wouldn't go empty. Um, and I want, you know, we've seen that and we've seen how important that is at sort of galvanising their people and giving their people a huge sense of pride about the validity yeah. of their role, haven't we? I mean, that's what has been, I think, fascinating. Um, yeah, but it's that kind of heroism of the, the front line. So all the yeah. key workers out there, you know, I think to see and feel the thanks and the pride from the people they've served every day, you know, for probably many, many years, but to, to actually mm. see and feel that thanks has given them an enormous sense of pride. Yes. Um, but yes. I think... There are some companies who are, you know, probably the smaller ones, actually. A lot of the larger ones learned lessons very quickly and very early on in in the crisis from smaller retailers, for example, who opened uh, the first hour of opening was only for the elderly because Mm -hmm. they could see their, you know, regular local elderly customers suffering and not being able to get the supplies they need. Uh, so, so it was quite interesting to watch that one spread from kind of local shops in in Devon and Cornwall who were championing the you know we're only going to open for an hour for, for elderly people first thing in the morning and then how that quickly spread to the large retailers. Um, yes, and that was quite interesting yeah. to watch in terms of who's closest to the customer, who's closest yeah. to seeing what people really need 
uh, in, yeah. in who's, this who's crisis. Got their finger on, who's got their finger on the pulse of, of what it was that people needed. Um, and, and, yeah, it's usually the other way, isn't it, that you see that sort of halo effect filtering down. But actually it was it was sort of ground up, really, from the smaller independents who, who did yeah. these sorts of things. It's, yeah, quite interesting. So, um, do, you, do you think there has been any um, bandwagon jumping, though? I mean, how, how do you avoid that? I mean, th- th- I think that's, as we were saying, the, the, I'm sh- there is a lot of, of bandwagon. I mean, personally, I can't stand it when people suddenly start doing the big advertising campaigns about their purpose on telly. So I find that a bit cringeworthy. So when you see, if you've got the big bucks and the money to, to kind of advertise all the great stuff you're doing, that just that jars a little bit with me. Um, mm. You know, I, I want to hear about it from, from friends and family and people that have benefited from it. I want to see it and feel it in action. I don't necessarily want a, um, a glossy advert on the telly to tell me how, how community-minded you are or, or, you know, what sacrifices you've made. Um, Yes. You know, yes. I mean, that, it's interesting actually. Felt. There was a there, there was an interesting comp, compilation of ad ad campaigns done by I can't remember who did it now a few weeks back of and it was from the US as well as the UK and basically they were all all these corporate ads were basically the same corporate ad they all had somber dark somber music they all had strap lines that were basically around the together now more than ever we're here for you or words to that effect you know and there was absolutely no differentiation between them and you kind of think well hang on a minute that's you've kind of got this a bit wrong haven't you yeah that that felt to me a bit like bandwagon jumping um but you know the, the people who kind of just got on and did stuff you know the hotels who who opened up for hospital staff who couldn't go back to their mm-hmm. families because of the risk, mm-hmm. you know, and just gave over mm-hmm. their hotels to the NHS. You know, that I think those kind of acts that you find out about through through the kind of viral communications, through friends and family who work for that company or what have you, that they seem yes. to have the more genuine sense of, wow, that's really cool. You know, they're not making any money out of it. You no, know, and they're, they're not making money. a noise about it. Mm. And they're not making a noise about it. They're just quietly saying, well, this is the best, this is the right thing to do. This is living mm. by our values. And I think, mm. you know, where companies don't have a playbook on how to survive a global pandemic, you know, leaders at the top of these organizations don't have the instruction manual to flip it open. Okay, now what do we do? Everybody's no. having to work this one out on the fly. But those companies mm. that have already got a strong guiding purpose and a strong culture that's got really embedded values, it's easy mm-hmm. for them because they kind of mm. know, you know, where we're going and we've got, as long as we stay true to our values, you know, we will come out of this in a good place and, and we know we'll have done the right thing. Yes. So, so Chris, if, even if, even if um, I'm, I'm in an organization or I'm leading an organization who has not been involved with keeping the country fed, has not, is not about keeping the country healthy, is not around keeping the supply chains moving. And I might, my business might be something that actually you would, you would struggle to say has got 
we're not going to say relevance to the current crisis, but, you know, isn't, isn't a business that can most immediately or most obviously kind of rise to fill a place in society. What you're, what you're basically saying is that if you've got strong values and you live by those, actually, as an organisation and the people in that organisation, you can be creative and think about what you can do to contribute and help and support albeit it's not core business absolutely so I you know I don't I don't expect organizations to change their purpose you know what they're there to do but but you're exactly right when you say it's just thinking creatively you know like Mm. the alcohol manufacturers who started making hand sanitizer and the perfume manufacturers in France who started making hand sanitizer um you know they suddenly knew they had the equipment they had the knowledge and the ability to do it um Mm. and so therefore they could make a difference and they could help in their own way um Mm. and I think that's that's when people start to feel that pride of, wow, you know, we gave up making our main product and making loads of money so that we could actually help out hospitals and, you know, frontline key workers by providing critical PPE or hand sanitizer. Um, So I think, you know, that the other thing that was really interesting is those companies who've actually gone and sought you know, worked with employees to understand what is the difference we can make, what can we do to help. So by engaging employees in the, you know, coming up with the solution, whilst also being aware of the tough trade-offs, um, you know, that's that's Basically, also where you get yeah that extra bang for buck in terms of oh. we haven't just gone at it like it's a, a marketing campaign or a PR gimmick. If you're actually going to your employees oh. and saying, how can we help? How do you think we can help? What can we do? And what are the impacts mm. if we do do that? And are we okay? Are we all mm. on board for that? Um, and I know people who work in organizations where they've, they've kind of said, you know what, we'll, we'll, we know it's going to be really tough, but we'll work for free because otherwise I'm mm-hmm. just going to be sat at home on furlough, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah no, that, it, it, sorry, sorry, carry on. Carry on. No, I was just going to say that that to me, you know, when you've managed to engage your employees that much that they want to come to work and work for free to make a difference, then you know yeah. you've got something in your culture right. Mhm, mhm. Which, we, yeah, absolutely. And that, that kind of leads me on. I, I wanted to talk a little bit more then about um, the, the different kinds of workforces. So let's talk about furloughed workers, for example. Um, how how can a strong purpose and a strong approach to purpose really really maintain engagement with furloughed workers. I mean, you've you've given an example there of a, a really quite an extreme example, I suspect, yeah. of, of, of being prepared to to come and do stuff. And of course, it has to be non. It has to be stuff that's not related to the core business, doesn't it? Otherwise, they'd be in breach of the furlough rules. So yeah, you've got to yeah. be, you've got to be a bit careful. But um, you know, is is if I'm sitting at home furloughed and I'm feeling absence and I'm feeling distance and and I guess in, to a certain extent from home or working remotely but particularly if I'm a furloughed worker and I'm feeling a little bit separate now um, and I'm not part of the gang anymore um, and I know the gang have all been sort of scattered here there and everywhere but how does how does purpose help in that situation to keep me connected with with, with the business well I think 
there's a there's a general point about engage making sure you're still engaging and connected with people who are on furlough so keeping the lines of communication open um whilst you may not be able to you know pay pay them as such um that there are things you can still give them access to um mm-hmm. you know other employee assistance programs and things like that to support them through difficult times so i think there's a big empathy element here of we do generally still care about you we want to look after you you know in whatever yeah. way we can um and and we still want you to feel connected to the organization i i think the the difference there where it's worked well is where people have had properly segmented communication so rather than just sending out the company newsletter as if they're just the same as anybody else mm-hmm. um you know actually taking the time and energy to address the population that's on furlough separately understand their concerns and their worries about whether they're going to have a job to come back to and what happens yeah. if they don't um yeah. I, you know i think they do require special communications to, to engage mm. them around that and if they feel like they work for an organization that have character in terms of a strong purpose and strong values that it stands by and it wants to do the right thing and it you know and, and it sees hears and feels that through those interactions then you're more likely to want to come back to that company um mm. as well so i don't think it's just a case of you know being able to come back you know companies will lose a lot of good staff if they don't look after them as well uh, yes. because they'll go well, elsewhere well, yeah yeah the longer it goes on as well i guess is the, is the point isn't it um yeah too. so so there's a degree there's a need for sensitivity and, and i mean this is this is one of my one of my personal um resources is the need to understand your audience in internal communication and and you know what you've really bang on with that isn't it it's a, it's not yeah. a one-size-fits-all piece of comms to your whole workforce it's being sensitive to the individual needs and the individual requirements of different audience groups who may be worrying about very different things depending upon the nature of the you know even within siloed employees they're not just a one they're not just a one chunk of people are they they could be furloughed for all kinds of from all kinds of different roles and functions and and um job requirements really so um yeah very very good point um and 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 i guess i suppose i've seen organizations doing some quite nice stuff around continuing to to tell stories you know sharing the stories of the work that they're doing in the community or you you talked about the hotel groups opening their opening their rooms up to kept key workers didn't you and I I guess there's you know there's there's an opportunity to amplify that and share those stories and, and help people feel involved in being part of something even if they may not actively be physically doing anything about it themselves yeah yeah absolutely um and and that's that's a challenge for for those people who still work for you because as you've you mentioned we're all scattered to the corners of the you know the country uh all working remotely um you know and i'm i'm doing some work at the minute with a client who's really keen to learn from what's been a a sort of fantastic experience of remote working for their organization Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and the feedback that they've had from colleagues has been that you know the flexibility and their their almost their 
um, quality of life has improved dramatically from some of the things they've been doing. And, and how can they capitalize on that and bring that into the new norm, as we keep hearing about? Um, and I think that's that's really exciting as well, that, they, you know, organizations have started to create, you know, these virtual rituals. Um, so my husband has afternoon tea every Friday on Zoom with his team, um, right. you know, it's it's the funniest thing but they've all got to have a cup of tea and they all just have a chat and it's not about work it's it's to kind of make mm-hmm. up for all those missed corridor conversations or making a cup of bumping into someone making a cup of tea in the kitchen and catching up on the weekend and you know all those yeah. little water cooler type moments have gone um, mm. and and so to make up for that they now have you know kind of Friday tea time where they just have a cup of tea and a chat for half an hour um, Lovely. Uh, and then there's all kinds of stuff going on, isn't there? People having quiz, yes. you know, weekly team quizzes and, and, and the technology has just blossomed, you know, out of nowhere, it feels all of these apps and, um, and things have now suddenly become available. But, you know, I think embracing that new technology and, and making it a part of the norm and, and really thinking about what your, what your virtual rituals are going to be going forwards um, mm. is really exciting and a great way to capture some of the benefit out of this. Yeah. So, so when, we, when we talk about returning to work and um, the, whatever the new normal is and, you know, we, we talk about building back better and, and so on. I and mean, what's, what's the role of purpose in that? Is it, is it, a, is it an, an evolution of organisational purpose to, to fit that? Or is it, is it picking up on that point you were making about, get your input in what the future looks like. I, I think, you know, there's an element of kind of coming back to basics, really, when, when you talk about this kind of change. And you've, you've got to understand that everybody's reaction to coming back to work is, is different. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are there, there's definitely a group who are feeling very anxious about traveling again, about coming into an Mm -hmm. office environment. I mean, if you've got Mm -hmm. elderly people that you care for or children with serious illnesses that you care for, you're going to be Mm -hmm. still so worried about the impacts of the virus. And Mm. so, you know, and then you've got people who are desperate to get back to the office, back to sense of normality, you know, who perhaps Mm. have been very isolated um, at, you know, stuck at, at home and, and really missing that social interaction. So I think there's so many different concerns and worries that people have. And actually by engaging in the conversation and again, you know, living true to your values and doing the right thing by people, um, mm-hmm. you know, involving them in the solution, having that dialogue, that adult to adult conversation, um, that's, that's going to be the key to, to making it mm-hmm. successful. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, everything that you're saying, there's a sort of um, golden thread running through this, which is that you, you, need, a, you need a strong organisational purpose that is underpinned and supported by strong values that you live by. And you don't sort of adjust and adapt, uh, well, you adapt, but you don't, you don't sort of chuck them out and start afresh depending on which way the wind's blowing. You, you have a, a strong in your mission and your your purpose and you you live by them and part of that is um playing using some of the principles which we talk about in engage for success listening to employee voice for example being a you know very important one 
Um, and then you can yeah. use your purpose people at all these different stages in, in, in what is bound to be quite a, a complex and long drawn out process over the coming months, I think, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I you know, it's exactly cool. that. I think you come back to that strong sense of, you know, what's the character of this organization defined by mm-hmm. our purpose and our values? And are we, yeah. do we genuinely feel like we've lived true to it? Are we proud yeah. of what we've done? Yes. And yes. that feels and like... We're not going to name and shame anyone on this program, but I think we all, you know, we've all read a few articles in the in the press and uh, uh, the media over recent months of organisations who, who who haven't done that very well, and the ones the ones in your view that have, um, which is all important. So we've got a, we've got just over a minute left, uh, Chris. So what do you think the lasting impact of the last few months is going to be on our workplaces? Well, I would like to think there, that, that a lot of organizations are going to be really looking at their culture going forward. So a lot of people are mm-hmm. going to be trying to adapt to a much more flexible way of working with employees. I think now everyone's mm-hmm. proven you know, that they can work from mm-hmm. home or, mm-hmm. or, or work in new ways. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's going to be how, how people actually um, adapt their culture to support more of that more of that happening, um, yeah. you know, the, the technology that's been embraced, you know, there's a great, there's more humanity as well. I just feel like I've seen so much more, um, you know, humanness and personality yeah. in, in absolutely. work. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And I hope that stays. I really do mm. hope there's mm. that sense of, you know, everybody, you've been sort of peering into people's homes through video chat and seeing their kids kind of run past or come in screaming, um, you know, people's pets and things. It's all kinds of things you would never see in the kind of professional facade of work. And and I just think that that's so, in some ways, it's made work so much more human. Yes, yes, I think you're right. I was talking to, to a friend and colleague about this the other day and we were talking about it's all about we've, we've recognised that people are multifaceted and that we are not just that person that goes to work. There is so much more to us all than that. And it's you know, what you describe really is that breadth of humanity. Um, so yes, it would, it would be great if we can maintain and, and, and build on that, wouldn't it really? So we've run completely out of time, Chris. Um, thank you so much. Um, our passionate subject that we, we, we could sit and talk about all day. I'm afraid we can't, um, but thank you, Chris, Chris Cross from Kinetic Internal Communications for joining us. And thank you very much for listening and uh, goodbye. Engage for Success Radio. Raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.